Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, this is Pride Connection. Every night, every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. on ACB Radio. And moments later, you can find on any podcast catcher by typing in ACB Pride Connection. Before we get started with to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, that is the question. Just a moment of housekeeping. We'd like to formally announce over ACB Radio and all your podcast catchers that Blind Pride International will be holding the first ever special interest virtual convention the last weekend of January. And boy, do we have some programming geared up for you. Our president and fabulous wine aficionado will be giving one of his lectures, and he's going to tweak it special just for us. Uh, Byron and Leah are working on some tech stuff. There'll be a Kindle presentation. We'll do some sexual health and exploration conversations. A great keynote speaker, all kinds of great stuff. One of our board members who we all know and love, Chris, is bringing us a fabulous, never audio described before movie, but we're going to hold the title of that for a while to keep the suspense going. But trust me, it's one that you'll want to time warp straight to watch. Um, Gabriel, do you have a president's message for us today before we jump into vaccinations? Yes, I do. Um, Well, like Anthony said, welcome, welcome, welcome. And we are very excited about our BPI virtual convention the last weekend in January. So stay tuned for that and more info coming soon. And um, just really quickly, um, saying every, telling to everyone out there that uh, here at Pride Connection, we always want to bring um, topics that are in, of interest and uh, topics that uh, affect everyone. And uh, here we are again, um, who would have said that uh, Pride Connection actually started right around the time where we were all under the pandemic lockdown. And here we are, what is it, um, eight months later? And uh, we're talking about a vaccine. So um, just, I guess, uh, as always, Pride Connection is a is a space where everyone um, can feel free to express with respect, with no judgment, and um, that's what we're here for tonight and every night. 
and um, welcome to this your safe space and we'll see what everyone's perspective is and what we learn from each other so uh, that's that's what i have to say for now so Leah Gardner, Vice President, and um, <laughs> Rachel Maddow, aficionado, why don't you tell us a little bit about the two vaccines that we've heard about in the news in the last uh, week or so? So basically, first of all, good evening, everybody. Um, last Friday, on my birthday, no less. Yay. Um, yes, the announcement was made that Pfizer, which is a major... Uh, a drug company. Um, yeah, the Viagra had, folks. <laughs> I, now that I did not know, that wasn't yes. on my radar. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Pfizer came out. Apparently, they they uh, put out a press release that said they had developed a uh, an anti COVID nineteen vaccine that was about ninety percent effective. Um, that is really good. That's about at the same rate that you would have for mumps, measles, um, a lot of the, you know, common sort of, um, long-term vaccinations, long-term vaccines that have been in use, you know, for children, uh, for many, many years now. Um, but, uh, they, they are looking at hopefully having this available, um, by next year, um, and and to, and uh, yesterday, Moderna, which is another uh, drug company, came out with a vaccine that they are saying is about ninety five percent effective. Now these are press releases, um, so the the uh, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, needs to kind of look into this. There needs to be some more testing done. There needs to be some more. Um, Research done, the scientific community has to weigh in on this because right now all we have is the uh, <laughs> is the testimonials of these major companies, both of whom I'm sure that the FDA has overseen both of the uh, both of the you know stage three trials that they're in right now. I don't know the numbers for the um, I meant to say I was about to say Viagra for the um, <laughs> Pfizer. Um, stage three trial but the moderna is a hundred thousand people 50 and 50 and mm-hmm. the actual numbers came down to of the fifty thousand that were given the placebo almost 150 people ended up contracting covid whereas the fifty thousand that had the uh vaccination only five people contracted covid those are good. Those are good numbers, but those I mean, I think numbers, yeah. the FDA may have been overseen, but they have to make the ultimate determination about whether these vaccines are safe. Um, I believe both of them are two-part vaccines, which means that you need to go for one um, stage of the vaccination, and then a few weeks later, go for the other one. The um, uh, Pfizer vaccination may cause some really major distribution issues because it has to be kept at uh, an extraordinarily cold temperature that most freezers don't uh, don't go to Um, so distribution is going to be hard Uh, the one from Moderna's not doesn't need to be kept quite as cold but um, from what I'm hearing from the you know experts that have been speaking about this is that 
the most difficult aspect of all of this is going to be distribution and particularly getting this, getting these vaccines to the most rural communities um, where there, there aren't really great ways to keep them cold and also to uh, complete distribution. So there's, there's a lot to consider. However, it's very positive news that finally we seem to be knocking at the door of having effective vaccines. I also uh, had uh, heard last night there's a couple other companies that are coming to a conclusion with their testing who are also probably going to release vaccines. So I think there'll be a number of them. It's, it's more a matter of the uh, getting them to everybody and will people take them? So that's the topic for the evening. Um, since you did such a wonderful job at giving us the basics, how about you? Do either one of these two, or it doesn't matter which of the two, how do you how do you feel? Are you going to be frontline when it's available for our stage of the population? Yeah, I mean, I think once the once they are approved by the FDA, once we have a new federal uh, administration. I have to be honest, I, don't, I would not trust this particular administration to uh, inform me that this that any of these vaccines are safe. Um, I just, I wouldn't. I'd feel much more confident uh, when there's a new administration in place and we hear from actual uh, infectious disease doctors and, and scientists that it is. Um, but definitely, I, I do feel very strongly, though, that I want people that are at highest risk to, uh, to, to be uh, made aware and, and uh, given these vaccines first. Um, I, I think that's, that's critical given what nursing homes have, have uh, dealt with through COVID dealing. I mean, so many seniors have not been able to even go outside since early March at all. Um, I, you know, so I, I think I would definitely take one of these vaccines when I feel that it's my turn. Well, um, Gabriel, we're going to jump to you in a moment. I, I think personally, um, I, I've stated this before in other areas, but I don't think I'm going to be first in line. Um, I want to see what countries like England, Germany, um, you know, some of the Northern European countries, um, New Zealand, uh, Australia. I want to see how the countries who have done really well with their pandemic response, what their scientific community, what their legislative community has to say about the vaccinations. I have all confidence in the world that Joe and Kamala are, uh, you know, attempting to put together the most transparent and honest administration we've seen in, in quite some quite some years. But with what the you know with the warp speed and how this has all gone down, I don't trust that they are gonna have the most relevant information. I don't trust that moles that may or may not be. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, I do have a pre-existing condition that um, gives me a little bit more pause with my COVID behaviors. I, I want to see what um, what the rest of the world, or at least you know who I view as competent in the rest of the world, has to say about the vaccinations before I line up. Gabriel, how about you? <clears throat> you asking me if I would take it? Yeah. 
I think you should be able to answer that question. <laughs> uh, but we are talking to our listeners, not in bed, darling. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about what did you call me earlier? Oh, CBS a Express, C- a, a CBS <laughs> pharmacy. Yes, and trust me, he's not afraid of big needles. But um, I digress. <laughs> you called me a walking CVS because, yes, I um, ah, uh, as much as you know, I I am I am very very <laughs> pro holistic and you know I'm a yogi and uh, I do believe a lot in the power of natural healing, um, or you know, having a healthy life through healthy habits and uh, and everything that's around us in nature. Having said that, I am a big proponent and a big, big, uh, I guess, consumer of, of medications because I think that um, if things are available and if the scientific community has developed and our medical science has progressed in a way that it allows us to take advantage of whether preemptive or um, uh, palliative chemical medications, um, I think we should take advantage of them. And I think it's only wise to to take advantage of a vaccine that will protect us. I think that probably, uh, you know, I also like to make a lot of historic comparisons and just like you and Leah said it a moment ago, um, comparing the percentage of effectiveness of of one of the vaccines, 95%, um, talking about other uh, diseases like measles, mumps, things that probably were not as, uh, probably not as rapidly contagious as COVID. I I can imagine that back in the day, those were looked as diseases that were a threat to humanity. And nowadays we have a simple vaccine and everyone, uh, you know, everyone, not everyone, but it, it is, it is, very common and it is expected that you as a responsible parent will will make sure that your kids get that vaccine so i I also sorry gabe no so i I was just gonna say that uh, you know uh, now that we're adults and we have this vaccine available of course i would i would i would definitely um protect myself by by taking advantage of of the medical advances in terms is of there, Is there COVID. any part of your mind, though, that has even a small nugget of worry that possible, you know, side effects or things that may, you know, manifest in a larger population have been rushed through or overlooked because of the quote unquote warp speed of bringing this vaccination under an administration and a CDC that has been manipulated in so many fashions up to this point. (laughs) Is there any kernel of your brain that says, you know, I really I, you know, I want to take this, I want to be responsible, but there is a higher percentage of 
the, you know, that there may be side effects that we don't know about because it's only 100,000 people that were exposed to the test. Well, there's always going to be side effects to almost any medication. Um, I, I look at it as the, as the lesser evil. <laughs> so okay. I, if it protects me from something like COVID, if I'm going to get, you know, couple of days of fever or a little rash or whatever i don't know i'm just throwing things out there i'm not a doctor I'm i don't know my MD, friend but... you watch some of those some of those medication commercials and they're like you know your eyeball might pop out you might start you know pooping blue yeah and, yeah you know, i yeah. know i know but but then then again when you see what you know covid is such is such a it, it's novel and it's such a such a such an unknown disease yet that we don't know how you know people will react. I mean, we've seen we've seen kids and young healthy athletes succumb to COVID, and you remember mm -hmm. back in the you know in the midst of the whole pandemic, we saw in a, a hundred a hundred and four year old man who survived COVID. So there's so much unknown that that yeah I, i'd rather take the risk of the side effects of the vaccine than be exposed i just i just want to make a few points you know one of the vaccines we we didn't mention is polio and yeah. you know polio oh, yeah. polio is is a something that i mean just plagued people yes. in in the 50s there is always the threat of possibly um contracting polio And that is just, a, it's a standard vaccination now. It's just included in the package of, um, I don't know if it's, if it's a booster shot or if it, it's earlier on in, in childhood development, but that's, it's just one of the standard ones now that is, uh, it's given. Because I mean, that was serious. Because even if you did survive polio, there, the, the after effects of it could be yeah, so extreme. And I know it took, a really long time for, for almost Jonas 30 Sock. years. Yeah. But I think the difference I, that I've heard now from some uh, experts is that the technology is a lot different now. Yeah. You know, isolating those, the bacteria is different. Um, things have changed a lot in terms of what's available to scientists now in terms of packaging these vaccines in terms of um, isolating um, these things. So, I this would be the fastest I believe that a vaccine has ever been developed. Um, but I think the scientific community really, really they they dug into this. I mean, the researchers there I suspect there'll be a Nobel Nobel Peace Prize for mm -hmm. um, some of these folks because I mean ultimately kids this is going to be incorporated into their vaccinations as a COVID nineteen yeah. shot. And, you know, I, 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 that's why I think I'm, I feel really comfortable because when I think taking the vaccine, because the alternative is to be somewhat fearful of traveling anywhere, to always know that even the, just walking into my elevator in my apartment, because maybe one day I forget a mask or the mask I'm wearing is just not good enough. You know, I might run into somebody that has it and contract it. You know, I think my sense of, worry would be alleviated. And, I, and I'll be honest, I'm someone who has traveled a number of times throughout this crisis. And I've been, 
I've been pretty lucky and I felt relatively safe with airline travel, but it's definitely always at the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be alleviated for me. And there's so many things we do that have side effects. I mean, the, the, the psychiatric medication that I take every day is probably going to cause me liver damage and some not so very nice things down the road. But I take it because it improves my life. Mm-hmm. And when you think of even people that have survived COVID, some of the after effects, there was a really talented baseball player who did survive it and he's struggling with heart defects now. Um, yeah. Yeah. We so, don't know what are the yeah, long-term exactly. effects of exactly. this. So, so side effects. And I want to, I want to touch on some points that, that you mentioned, Leah, um, the first of them being, um, you know, information with the information that our scientists and our medical community has not only here in the U S but in other uh, parts of the world, like Europe and like Anthony was saying, Australia, New Zealand, um, places um, where, you know, there's a solid reputation in terms of medical, um, medical discoveries and medical advances. I mean, the U.S., France, Germany. Um, the, the, I want to go back and, 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 and I'm not trying to get political here, but, but um, I agree with you, Leah, on the fact in, in the part where you were talking about it, everything happens in, 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 a, in a way that it's leading up to us being able to trust this this solution that's being offered or this um you know this protective mechanism through a vaccine that's being offered and being made available to us uh, but like you said earlier I, i i wouldn't trust the current administration just because mm-hmm. of their handling of information um and how they have been very deceiving about information mm-hmm. and not only that but the way in which they have almost tried to portray the scientific and medical community as the enemy and, yeah. uh, and, and, and the way in which they have undermined the efforts and the credentials, the authority of the scientific community and the medical community in, in such a, in such an important matter as is a pandemic. So I really want to go into this with or under an administration that a is going to give me the information as it is and b that is going to work with the scientific and medical communities to ensure that we get the best uh result as uh you know as americans as a population from I wanna, a vaccine i want to point something out um both new zealand and thailand now of course you know they're island nations Um, but both of them, I think Thailand is up to almost 150 days without a single, mm. single um, home, home, you know, they've had people travel in, et cetera, et cetera, but a, a, you know, home spreading event. There hasn't been anyone who's contracted COVID in Thailand in almost 150 days that didn't come in contact with someone from outside of Thailand. Same thing with mm-hmm. New Zealand. I don't know what the exact number of days is, but they're, they're going on months without a single infection. Mm-hmm. Um, when those 
you know, when those governments, Germany, who has one of the lowest percentages of um, per capita, not, you know, countrywide, et cetera, et cetera, but based upon, you know, local ruralities, has the lowest per capita infection rate. When those countries have picked Pfizer, Moderna, or, you know, AstraZeneca, whichever mm-hmm. the next one is to come out, when those countries certify this is the one we're going with, this is what we I will feel a thousand times more. And again, I believe that Biden and Kamala, um, you know, plan to bring us the most transparent, um, you know, administration that we've seen in quite some time. But I don't think, especially with all that's in the news the last, you know, week, I don't think that they're going to be working with, uh, you know, enough true transparency slash, you know, that whatever comes to market first, there's billions and billions of dollars riding on these vaccinations. All of these companies are are banking on being, you know, Pfizer, when they, when they released Viagra, went through the roof. They had an IPO split that was historic. Never before seen, never seen since. And this is, you know, these companies, as much as they want to help us and they want to they want to tamp back the disease. They're also, they're also, they stand to gain billions and billions and billions of dollars. So if there are reservations or are there things that they rushed through and rushed past to be the first one to make it to market, I, I want to know about that, you know, and when, you know, when countries that I think have had an amazing pandemic response say, this is the vaccination for our people, that's the one I'm going to line up for. And I, I want to make it clear. I don't think any of us are wrong with our, you know, with our feeling on how we choose to go about thinking about the vaccination. But for me, I, I have to know, you know, a little bit more information than what we're seeing right now. I, I have to ask the question, though, also, Anthony, is the same companies that stand to gain billions, don't they stand to lose billions if it's not effective and if people become um, you know, become ill and the, and the effectiveness rate is not as high as they are estimating. Well, that's, that's part of the thing about warp speed. They've all got guarantees in place that were things certain to certain legacy, certain realities to go wrong. There, there's a buffer zone. We're not mm-hmm. going to be able to, we're not going to be able to juice class action lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera. If this is mm-hmm. ineffective or even worse, has side effects that don't come out in trials that end up in, you know, two to 4% of the population, you you know, we lose the sense of smell or, you Mm -hmm. you know, we have neurological damage, et cetera, et cetera. They're already buffered to not be responsible for any of these things that may happen along the way. And that scares, that scares poop right out of the back chute. You Mm -hmm. know, it makes me want to wear a diaper when I hear things like that. Well, it, I think it's going to, you know, we get to make these decisions, you know, for ourselves on some level. But, you know, a lot is is going to depend on schools reopening, things like that on on the vaccine. I think there's going to become a bigger question about parents. Are, are they going to are they going to how are they going to feel about giving their children these these vaccines? Because I think the issue of, of schools reopening is going to be a major conundrum here coming up um and i I wonder if there's going to be that same sort of um schism between parents that do vaccinate and don't that we've already seen over the past 20 years or so my hometown um you know new york city 
about four years ago, had a huge, huge measles outbreak that started Mm -hmm. in a population in Brooklyn, um, a predominantly Hasidic Jew population who they don't believe in vaccinations. And because of the rapid spreading, uh, the way measles can spread, before you knew it, there were uh, um, almost 3,000 cases of the measles at one point in New York City. Uh, you know, and it it led to you cannot enroll your mm-hmm. child in public school unless they are vaccinated, mm-hmm. period, point mm-hmm. blank. Whatever your religious mm-hmm. beliefs are, whatever your, you know, your family mores are, you cannot expose our families to pathogens, viruses, et cetera, et cetera, be, because your religious beliefs are different than ours. And so, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a conversation that is mm-hmm. is long term. And I wonder if you know the the structure of how homeschooling is looked at. It, it's forever going to be changed. Actually, no matter virus, um, vaccination or no vaccination, I think that homeschooling is always going to be looked at quite differently now. Um, mm-hmm. The same thing with work from home. Um, and this this will just be one piece of that conversation. I know that we have one of our BPI members who is sitting in the waiting room. Did you want to step up and, and give us your opinions on the vaccinate or not to vaccinate? Anthony, I think I stand with you uh, on this. I wouldn't, I would wait to see how things are going before I jump. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm not looking to be right or anything, but <laughs> I don't think there is a right or wrong. You know, like I, I think no, that, uh, like, for me personally, I, I, I'm very much like a lurk in the shadows and see how things are going. And if if there's more success, then I'm more willing to put myself in that kind of position. But I'm, I'm very much like a wait and see in this scenario. You and I come from also a, a background. I mean, you much, much more. You were going to Paralympics, but um, you know, from a sports background, teamwork, teams, et cetera, et cetera. What do you, what do you think the conversation is going to be like in colleges, high schools, and you know, and other forms of of um, competitive sport when it comes to the vaccine? Uh, I think. Well, I think they're going to. Man- I would hope that they would mandate it. Like it's just for the overall safety of staff, athletes, and and whoever else, coaches, um, because at least for me, I would feel a lot better if everyone was vaccinated. You know, and immediately, like as soon as you know or feel a symptom, let us know. You know, like I think it's critical. I think it's terrible if someone is, you know, if they're sick and they don't say a word, right? Um, so I, I think mandating the vaccine would be would be absolutely critical but if 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 they so basically if team usa said to you you can you weren't maybe you weren't quite sure about the vaccines yet but if they said to you you cannot compete you know unless you um take the vaccine you had to make a real quick decision about it for me i guess it depends on on everyone's individual situation right i i Mm -hmm currently reside with family and um you know if they aren't ready for it i'm not willing to put them at risk because i want to go overseas and compete uh for me it's family Mm -hmm. over career beautiful 
Hey, Mr. Engineer, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee. Oh, who? What me? Huh? What, what me? Huh? What, you guys want me to fill in on this? Um, <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I, I am really getting nervous. I, I'm my, my paranoia surrounding COVID has just gotten worse in the last month or so. It, you know, we, we had a really big spike a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we, we went over a hundred thousand infections in one day. And up until that point, I was pretty lax about, um, going over to friends. I mean, I was paranoid for sure. You know, I would kind of drag my feet and begrudgingly go visit friends or, uh, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We we can totally hang out, you know, but let's just stay distant. And I, and I would like, you know, kind of, um, socialize with people, even knowing the risks. Right. And then we just, there was a day where it flipped for me where I was like, Oh my God, this is getting really bad. I mean, this is really serious. And I just kind of shut down. Like, like I wasn't traveling anywhere and it sucks because my desire to travel, you know, if you think my paranoia has increased, my desire to get out and travel <laughs> has also increased. And it's, it's really a double-edged sword because I'm ramped up in both directions. And at some point, one of those is going to win. I'm either going to just shut down completely and not go anywhere, or I'm just going to say, screw it. And I'm just going to start traveling, which, you know, neither of which is really optimal. Sort of a uh, middle of the road, um, cautious attitude is probably the best way to go and not let this thing rule your life, but also not make foolish decisions either. Well, anyway, yeah. the, the vaccine is one of those things that I'm really looking forward to because I want to get on with my life already. Um, there are people that I want to see and I can't see them until this COVID thing is blown over. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I would really want to jump in line and take the vaccination. But but there's also this fear, this fear of, oh, man, what if there are unintended side effects? What if it's not as effective as they thought it was? What if the the time they have spent in producing this vaccine um, has been very short? We're talking about, you know, like less than a year, right? that, that we started working on this vaccine. And so, uh, usually it takes decades for them to produce a vaccine. And so I, I wonder what sort of safety precautions have been skipped over. Mm -hmm. What, what procedures have we ignored in, you know, the pursuit of getting a vaccine? Um, I have seen reports that yes, we are producing this vaccine in a neck break record, uh, breaking, amount of time, but we're also all working on it. Like all of the companies are all working on it and they're all contributing with one another. And the science mm -hmm. community is really pulling together and focusing on this. There, it, you know, there's no, there's no cancer research right. or AIDS research or any, it's all on the back burner now because of COVID. Um, and so the, the linear procedure of develop something, test it, tweak it, you know, develop it some more, test it, tweak it, develop, develop it some more that, that very linear procedural, um, timeline is kind of out the window because everyone is working on it. So, so the, the procedures, the safety protocols might actually be being followed and, and, and this vaccine might be one of the safest in history because so many people are working on it. But, but it's just a little nerve wracking because it's coming out so fast and, and the pressure is really on everyone to get this right. 
we're only Pride Connection, and I don't say that I don't say that disrespectfully in any way, shape, or form. But I'd love to see a sixty minutes, or you know, a Nightline, or one of the trusted magazine news focused shows bring Pfizer, Moderna, CDC, Fauci. You know, bring them all to the table and say, hey, this is what happened with polio. This is what happened with the measles. This is Mm -hmm. what happens with the various flu, because every year we get a different flu vaccination. This is what happens with these vaccines. And this is what we did with COVID. These are the things that we looked at. These are the things that we said didn't matter anymore because there's so much technology. These are the things that we had to say, okay, we'd like three or four years worth of trials and testing, but et cetera, et cetera, and lay it all out so that we all kind of know what was skipped, what was looked at less with less scrutiny than, you know, decades worth of research, et cetera, et cetera, so that we, we get a really firm and full idea of what it took to make these vaccinations, um, you know, as, as, uh, as, um, potent uh, it's not the right word but 90 and 95 percent is just amazing you, you know mm-hmm. i expected them to come out and say something like 60 to 75 percent you know when mm-hmm. i heard 90 right. the first time i was just like wow yeah. okay yes yeah. we are in 2020 yeah. but you know when i was a kid i thought by 2020 i'd be jetting around in one of them little jetsons cars and <laughs> you know my mom's purse would open up to a whole closet beauty salon kitchen etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know you know, It'd be I, really nice to have that kind that of. That was my disclosure. fantasy, by the way, to have a closet that would fold up into a little handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, I, yes. one, one thing to consider is no matter how bad you want this vaccine, like no matter how bad you want it, you might have to wait a while because they're gonna yep. they're gonna release it in yep. phases, and that's right. You know, first they're gonna go for the people that are most at risk. And, uh, you know, it, it's all going to come down to your risk level and your insurance's ability to get that vaccine to you. So you, you might be standing in line for a while. And you might and the have... state the state you live in, I think, yeah. on some yeah. level, too. Um, and and the, if you live probably in a, in, a, in a more urban location, you're probably going to have more opportunity to get it quicker. But I think it's going to be harder because of some of the temperature problems um to get it if you live in a in a more rural situation the other thing you have to deal with is is these are like two dose um Mm -hmm. these are two dose vaccinations so you got to have people actually come back you know and finish the the two stages i I love that up until november you know second ish um, the military was poised and ready to go. I mean, they had tanks and, and all those big green with the canvas covers. You know, when you listen to the current administration talk about it, I thought, okay, there's going to be caravans like Little House on the Prairie going across <laughs> the country, just, you know, tossing them out the back right. of the caravan. <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden it's like they don't know, you know, there's no, um, there is no being spoken about they don't want to give a piece of information to anyone media you know the new administration coming in etc cetera, etc cetera. but just two and a half weeks ago three weeks ago we were talking you know we were talking about the military is right to go they were going to bring this in mass yeah. cross country and you know you, 30 you know, days later the entire country would be immune yeah well, also remember there was there wasn't and there weren't any vaccines being announced that had over 90 percent 
effectiveness rate either. It's kind of like, you know, give or take here. You know, um, you know, what's really interesting about all of this is that I learned just how fragile our ecosystem is when, when it, when it came down to people uh, fighting in the parking lots of, of uh, supermarkets over toilet paper and they couldn't manufacture the stuff fast enough. And we're yep, talking guys, yep. we're talking about paper on a roll that you wipe your butt with. This is not <laughs> rocket science. And they couldn't keep up the demand of toilet paper. And now we're talking about a, a complex vaccine and the, the mm-hmm. manufacturing repercussions involved. Like the, like you're talking Leah, about the refrigeration. I mean, yeah. now we're going to have to have like a mass um, production of, of refrigerator units that are able to cool this yeah. stuff. And then we're going to have to yep. get, I mean, we just don't have the infrastructure to like send out this vaccine right away because there's all this other stuff that's got to be in place that wasn't there. Right. Yeah. You know, it's I wanna, and if we repurpose, you know, if we repurpose, look at what's happening with the meat supply chain look at what's happening. You know, again, we're saying, you know, we're hearing experts saying, and quite honestly, based upon a Walmart order, uh, twice, <laughs> you know, we are going back into a hoarding situation. You know, they can't even keep no, the paper basic towels. necessities no. on the shelves. So if they're repurposing, you know, vehicles that are out there, then what's going to happen in, in the various other forms of supply chain that we need? Uh, you know, for the vegetarians, hey, hey, it's party. Nobody's eating meat this week. But, you know, otherwise, it, you know, no matter what, this is this is not – I think so many people psychologically are holding on to the hope that, hey, if it gets approved by January 1st, you know, by spring break, if not worst case scenario, by the summer, it's time to party. And it just, you know, all the experts are telling us that's not how it's going to look. That's not how it's going to be. Well, that's that's where I wanted to. um, uh, I've been listening to you guys. It's, It's, you know, new thoughts come to my mind. And I wanna, I wanna put out two two thoughts out there to see uh, what what everyone what everyone thinks and what everyone how everyone feels about this. First point, first thought. I think that even with a vaccine, I think most of us would will still wear our mask. You know, social distance. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I, when I speak about hand sanitizer, Anthony can tell you there was no big change for me from pre COVID to COVID <laughs> because I'm obsessed with hand sanitizer. I have hand sanitizer in every room. I have hand sanitizer in every drawer in my office in every pocket in every jacket in every man bag. I have hand sanitizer galore. I have hand sanitizer. That that's been a part of me since, way back so but i think and and correct me if i'm wrong or what your thoughts are that's my first point that i think we will still be observing a lot of the things even with the vaccine even if you feel that you have had your two doses and that you are traveling or you're going out i think we're still gonna have we're still gonna be experiencing that that extra level of precaution with masks and social distancing and and what Gabriel? Now this, yes. That's you, I, and responsible people that have been doing this all along. What about the other 70 million people or so who never took the precaution seriously in the first place? Well, that's, that's why I'm putting it out there. I, I feel that 
that some of us will still be observing those precautions. That is my first thought. I, I want to throw the, the two two thoughts that I have out there so you can pick and choose what you want to comment. Because the second one actually may be even more controversial. Um, I am seeing or I'm kind of go jumping into the future and I can already see a divide or some sort of some people may even want to call it discrimination. I can already see hotel chains, airlines asking people, do you have your COVID vaccine? Mm-hmm. Foreign countries requiring you you wanna you want a visa, you wanna come into the into our country, you need to bring proof of COVID vaccine. So that's gonna create a, a kind of two 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 sides of the population. And that's going to almost start generating some pressure, some pressure that is outside the medical field. You know, if I want to travel, this airline is demanding that I do have proof of vaccination. If I want to go to this country, if I want to stay at this hotel, if I want to go into this establishment, you know, what, what are what are businesses going to businesses and governments? What are they going to start? demand that jump people. I'm gonna jump right in and say as far as our school population is concerned, I, I I am a very proud Democrat, but as far as I'm concerned, you cannot come to school unless you have proof of a COVID vaccine. Colleges, high schools, middle schools, primary schools, daycares, period, point blank. Unless you have a COVID yeah, vaccination, absolutely. you shouldn't be allowed in school. <laughs> and as you know, for me personally, I'll, I'll tattoo it across my forehead if that's the case to get on airplanes, et cetera, et cetera. I would much rather ride on an airline that says you cannot fly on this airline unless you have proof of the COVID vaccination than not. Well, same here. Right. I mean, look, I feel more secure when I ride, you know, when I fly, when I hear like all the time in the airport and on the airplane, you cannot, if you're, if you are not wearing a mask, you know, we you will escort you. That's yep. it. Because to me, that is not <laughs> that is not a right to wear a mask or not wear a mask. And I think ultimately, no. it's not a right to vaccinate or not because you are you are with other people, and you could potentially be infecting other people, and and you know, and putting them in an unsafe situation. So. If it comes down to something like that, I think we, we always have to make a determination about the greater good. Because, you know, this the yes. problem with COVID, you know, once once that once it starts, it is so contagious, you know, the the um illness rate that causes, you know, pre existing conditions, you know, the death rate, the difficulty in in managing this this virus is it's just so potent that you know we, I'm, sorry, we have to- I'm, I'm gonna bring this up in you know and it, it's it's an out there kind of analog allegory but you know if you were laying in a hospital bed and they told you you know you you went through surgery you now need two pints of blood we're gonna go and pick the first person off the street that has your blood type for O point you know we're gonna drink you we're gonna you know take their blood transfuse it into you what would your response be 
Well, I know that the I know that the FDA has. Sir, you're talking to somebody who worked at the Red Cross. First of all, the FDA has, <laughs> it would be yes because the FDA tests uh, for certain things. No, no, blood. no, no, Leah. I'm so, not saying we're going to take the we're going to take that person, put them through the blood bank, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to go out. We're going to find the first. Let's say you're B. You, you know, you're AB positive. Yeah. We're going to find the first AB positive, and we're going to transfuse the blood directly to you. You need this blood. It's an emergency. Here you go. This is what we're going to do. What would your response be? I'm going to say yes, but that's not the way things work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not the way things work. I mean, you know, you don't you don't get blood unless it's been fully. And I suspect that COVID will be something that is going to be added to the um, to the testing, list yeah, of things blood. that that you that, that's filtered out. If somebody has a COVID infection, their their blood is not going to make it. You know, through the processing um, standards. But yeah, I mean, if it was going to save my life, yes. Boy, that just drew everything to a halt. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let me pull up my cricket sound effect here. <laughs> I know, right? Right. I, well, I, uh, do you mind if we guys switch gears for a moment and, and talk about the mental health? Uh, you know, parameters or, or um, you know, I think that a lot of people have, you know, I've heard this phrase, the COVID fatigue, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that knowing that these vaccinations are coming out will relieve some of that COVID fatigue, some of that, that like isolation, anxiety, et cetera? You know what, Byron, I don't mean to put you, no, I do actually, because I'm doing it, uh, put you on the spot. You, you know, you've talked openly about your anxiety. Does the fa- does the knowledge that these vaccines are coming to, you know, coming to the market at some point in the foreseeable future, does that ease up your anxieties at all? Does it does it change your mental health status at the moment? It, it does a little, except, um, you know, like I said, I was a little concerned about the speed at which they are developing this vaccine and worry about the uh the actual effectiveness but but i think once we once we start seeing people on mass starting to take a vaccine and hearing positive reports and seeing numbers going down and things like that um i think that will certainly help with my anxiety you know when when covid first came around and we all were suddenly thrown into a world of unknowns. I spent about two or three weeks just watching a lot of TV and trying to pretend to work, you know, and I just was not doing well. And then I found all you guys, you know, I found ACB and, and BPI and ACB Next Generation and Bits, and I got heavily involved in ACB and it has really helped to give me a renewed sense of purpose during this time where I'm stuck at home. Um, and it'll be exciting to get back into the real world, uh, and, and start visiting people and traveling and stuff. But, oh my gosh, now (laughs) I, what I'm, what I'm not looking forward to is when everyone starts taking these vaccines and everyone starts going back out into the, into the real world and we're working nine to five, uh, going out and seeing mm-hmm. people and stuff again, all of these responsibilities that I have put on myself cause I have all this free time. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when no. COVID's over, I'm not going to have any energy or time for myself. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be crazy. 
You know, I just want to say for me, I think one thing that's helped a lot is um, I went through a really, really awful patch this summer where I just could not. I, I was extremely upset and frustrated, frustrated over this sense that who knows when this thing is going to be over? Who knows when I'm going to get to see people I care about again? What You know, how long is this going to go on? I kind of reached this place where it seemed infinite. Um, and I think one thing at least reading about these vaccinations does for me is it at least gives a sense of promise that there is a route to um, some degree of normalcy returning stage by stage. It seems like I, I can almost view a, um, you know, a, a, a transition insight. Like we have to get through this really difficult couple of months, um, you know, where, where the, where the numbers are just astronomical, but it seems to me, it's kind of like, there's a, there, I, I, I can see something on the other side finally how about you sarah are you still with us what do you feel mental health wise the vaccination is going to do for the country if not the world i think that well for me personally i'm still not going to know you know like i who's like it's not like people are going to have little stickers on their chest saying oh i took i have i've been vaccinated um it's it's just hard to say. I there is some peace of mind where it's like, well, I'm I'm sure some of these people will be vaccinated, but I am going to take all precautions still anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I also traveled a mm-hmm. bit this you know during the pandemic, and I I admittedly have some guilt surrounding it because I'm like, well, what if I bring it back to my family? What 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 will the um, the repercussions look like if I do you know end up contracting it and then the I'll have to tell whoever I was with I have you know I have COVID or whatever you know the case may be um but it it is a terrifying thing like for me I'm just like how is it what's gonna what's judo going to be like you know what's what's uh what's work gonna be like when it when I actually go into the office what's moving across the country gonna be like if that happens um you know are people still going to be careful uh I think it's just gonna take I mean, it's going to be a massive adjustment period. Uh, even for me, just thinking about travel again, it's, it's, I used to be someone who travels so much. And now like, I couldn't even get myself to the airport without, you know, a significant amount of anxiety. So well, I, I guess it really Let's depends. talk about a cruise ship for a second. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you booked a cruise to the Caribbean and they required every single person to produce, um, you know, proof of vaccination, would that tamp down your anxieties enough to get on that boat? I think so. I also think, uh, you know, for, for cruise ship sake, yes, that would you know help if travel required it. But I think it's going to really have a big impact on uh, folks who, uh, you know, socioeconomic status, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yeah. you have to think about how much is this going to cost? And the like, I recently got employed, you know, I, I, I have started a job. But for folks where, you know, they're on SSI or something and, you know, the vaccine costs a significant amount of money. What about those folks, you know? Or artists and, and wait staff and things like right. that that never had the protections in place to begin with and now are literally fighting for their life in so many ways. Exactly. Yeah. But I agree with you, Sarah. You read my mind. You used a word that I've been thinking 
since we started this conversation, one of the big things for me it will be peace of mind. And I'm definitely with you on 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 the other aspect that I that I had touched on earlier. I think I would still use precautions even if I uh, you know even if I take the vaccine. Um, I mean, look at look at Asia, right? They had that MRSA outbreak, and there are still folks there wearing masks pre-COVID. Yeah. You know, they are on it. They're like, we don't want this to ever happen to our people again. You know, we don't uh-huh. want people to be sick. We don't yeah. want people to be dying. We don't want people to worry. You know, it's it's definitely a like we believe in our government. You know, we believe in our country, and we want everyone to be safe. Um, and that's you know, I like I could of course I could choose to be like screw masks. I never want to wear a mask again. But I mean, the overall importance is if I don't wear a mask, I'm not being good to myself. And I'm especially being, you know, terrible to whoever may be sitting next to me on the train, plane, bus, whatever, you know, across the table from me um, in a gate waiting for a flight somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just going to take all caution, you know, and, and hold it tight because hand sanitizer wipes. My mind will always hold two television moments in my head, you know, along with all the 9-11 stuff, along with all the Challenger stuff. That idiot on Daytona Beach, I'm young, who gives an ass if I get it, blah, 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 whose mother had been less than six months into remission, and CNN, a few months later, dead. Boom. Mm -hmm. You brought COVID Mm -hmm. home, and you killed your mother. Dead. You can't take that back. Mm-hmm. There's no oops. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. There's no, you know, I made a mistake. I, I no. wasn't thinking. No, you weren't thinking. You killed your mother. Boom, she's dead. Goodbye. Unfortunately, though, Leah, you're up. You know what time it is. <laughs> you, you want me to bring up the? Uh, you want me to bring up the mistress of time now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, time is a mean mistress. Uh, we, it is, it is. This has been a fascinating conversation, uh, but it is time to end for this evening. However, if you have any comments, if you have any feedback, please email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Uh, if you would like to join our organization or learn more about BPI, you can visit our website at blindlgbtpride.org and we will see you at our normal time next week or on your podcast catcher byron sarah thank you so much for joining us look to our discuss list if you want to submit an opening and closing rainbow connection voice for our show we'll be back good night guys good night everyone good night everyone thank you for listening to the show We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Dreamers and me that